Hello, I'm America LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about From Brides to Besties, featuring Danielle Collins and Rebecca Joyner. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. This is an episode you do not want to miss. This week's tour portion is bow, which means go, enter, and come. You can find it in Exodus chapter 10, verses 1 to chapter 13, verse 16. The half tour portion is Jeremiah chapter 46, verses 13 to 28. And the Brit Harashah is John chapter 19, verses 31 to 37. Thank you for tuning in once again. I have two special guests with me. Danielle Collins and Rebecca Joyner who hey guys. are with me today. Um, you guys started coming to our congregation about a month ago, two months ago? In October of this year. Yeah, yeah October of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been slowly but surely getting to know you guys. And you had such a great testimony. I wanted to talk to both of you on my podcast because I'm sure there's somebody out there who needs to hear it, whether they are impacted themselves or somebody that they love or know is impacted I'm sure there's somebody out there who can relate to your story. So without further ado, (laughs) go ahead. Sure. Well, um, you are, I'm Danielle. All right, there you go. (laughs) And so I guess we could start off our testimony. Um, it would definitely be for me. I started when I was younger, uh, probably around the age of six or seven. And I knew that I started having feelings for girls. Um, and as I got older, I, uh, grew up religious, so it was kind of beat into me that I did not do that, that it was very wrong. Um, my grandfather was an evangelist, so I was raised in a very, very religious family. Um, and I know for Becca, her started even when she was about the same age, a little bit older. Yeah. So mine started about the same age, same, same aspect as family going, you know, going to church, not heavy religious but they had some type of you know they believed in christ and everything like that right um it wasn't really drilled into me but i knew you know homosexuality was a sin um and you know fighting that but and then i didn't really come out until 18 or 19 is when i really truly came out and started exploring those feelings and those options and I know for you, it was later. Yeah, I didn't end up coming out until actually I met you. <laughs> didn't you actually get married too? Were you married yes. for a bit? Yes. How long so were you married for? I was married for three and a half years to a man. Um, I got married right when I had just turned 20. Um, and everything was fun. I was doing all the things I was told to do. My mom was, you know, get married, have the babies, get the house, have the money, and life will be perfect. And unfortunately, <laughs> it was not happening that way. I was not, I was not very happy. Um, the marriage was, it was nothing bad. Like he wasn't hurting me or anything, but it was just not, the chemistry wasn't there. I just was not happy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't happy. It just wasn't like it. And so, um, I ended up meeting Becca when me and Becca worked at the same veterinary hospital and she was a receptionist. I was a uh, vet tech and I knew when she started working there that she was gay and I, well, cause we had talked about it yes. a little bit when you first started and you were about to go through a divorce with your wife. wife. She was already <laughs> married. Years. Okay. Yeah. So she was married to a woman for four years, about the same time. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was getting ready to go through a separation, she was finishing up a divorce. We met each other. We fell head over heels for each other. And then we ended up um, moving in together. And right mm-hmm. when COVID happened, so it was the 2020. Yeah. Um, 
So we ended up moving in together and coming down here to Wilmington. Yeah. We ended up leaving our family because we were tired of the pressure of, you know, you guys, you don't need to be living this lifestyle, especially from her family with her just coming out. Yeah. It was a very big shock for my family because my family did not suspect anything. I hid it very well. I, I was the proper princess and to do something like this was like, like nobody, nobody was expecting it. And so, um, they were, you know, very heavy handed. And by, because of that, we decided, you know what, we need to get out of here. We need to move. We need to leave. So we ended up leaving and we moved to Wilmington. And, um, that was kind of when I think our cart started to go down the hill. Um, because by that point I personally was like freedom. I finally have freedom. I can do what I want. You know, we were living this very happy homosexual life. We were going to prides. We were very open about our relationship. And a lot of people here in Wilmington were very accepting of it. Yes. And so it was, it wasn't that hard to, to kind of move down here and live fit the, in. Yeah. And fit in. We fit. Right. Yeah. So from there, I think is when, um, we were here probably a few months and I started to kind of turn away from my faith because thinking about my faith in God reminded me of the pain that my family was causing me mm. and that it was completely against who I felt I was and who my identity was. And I was like, well, if God doesn't love me for me, then I'm not going to listen to God. You know, he, he, he made me this way. So I, I, he should love me how I am. Right. And I know that Becca was kind of going through that same process a little bit. Well, for me, I had already been in it for so long. Right. So it was already that disconnect there. Like I knew there was a God, but it was same aspect. You know, he's a creator of all. He made me this way. Right. He loves me for how I am and who I am because this is who he made. This right. is what I'm feeling. This inside. is what I'm feeling inside. So exactly. He this knows is my identity. Yeah, exactly. So once we ended up doing that and we moved down here, and we started to find this newfound freedom, I started trying to fill the hole with other things, um, particularly the new age movement of crystals and witchcraft. It started off as simple as uh, taking a geology class and yeah. liking crystals. And that's, that's pretty simple. Yeah, I yeah. took a geology class for uh, college and I started, which I already knew about crystals and stuff, but there was this new age movement. We actually took a trip to the um limbo falls yeah. and we got, we got a box of meditation crystals oh, that they sold okay. there and that's that's exactly the pinpoint of how it started it started off as crystals and i was learning about like oh crystals have energy and then crystals can heal things and i was like well i want to learn more about whatever this is you know i don't have anybody breathing over my shoulder to tell me it's wrong right so it went from crystal healings to getting certified in crystal healing and um, getting into witchcraft, I was going to a witchcraft store here in Wilmington to get my crystals, and that opened up the door to doing um, deity work, like deity work, spell work, spirit guides, all of these new age movement things that's happening. And I was going as far as um, doing spells and actually doing healings on my friends and people I knew, and. Um, I unfortunately was dragging Becca down with me um, because she was very <laughs> hesitant at first. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, talk about witchcraft, you know, you know, even if you're not in 
the Christian religion or anything like that, you know what the, the meaning behind that is. Right. You know what that all includes. Right. So that terrified me. I was like, okay, I'm cool holding some crystals. Right. Like they're pretty to look at. But as far as like going into it further, I was, I was getting scared for her, but then it was just kind of like, okay, well, it's not hurting anybody. So can it really be that bad? Right. See, and that was the thing too, is that witchcraft as I knew it was, you know, dark black magic, you know, demons and sorcery and things of that nature. But this was so different because it was nature and crystals and butterflies. And was rainbows. it Wicca? It was a type of Wicca, but I never, I never wanted the title witch. Okay. So it was, it was, it was okay. essentially Wicca. And I, I mean, it was like an earthly. You call it like white? Yes. White magic. White, white magic. magic. I had a friend in school who was a Wiccan, so. Yeah. So it was, it was white magic and it was all about positivity and manifestations and and then we had i was talking to psychics who were telling me all the things that i wanted to hear right and you know that i was on the right track that i was doing good and you know that i have spirit guides who are wanting to communicate with me and i was like oh that sounds awesome like it was so cool and and it, it, it's flashy. It's it, like, it's like, Hey, you have these people guarding you and protecting you that you can talk to. Right. And yeah. who can lead you down the path that right. you need to go. And it, it felt so tangible too, because it was like, okay, well you can use pendulums. You can use tarot cards. You can use um, all these different things of different types of divination in order to speak to these spirit guides. Right. And so, you know, you're, you're working on it and you're doing it and people were having reactions to these crystals. And I was like, well, this must work, you know, and it, I now know that it was definitely not what it was seen to be and that it was just nothing but deception and, and lies, but it seemed so good at the time. And when, too, when we were talking about crystals, you know, we were, we had this mindset that, well, God created them. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. If God created them, it must be good. Yeah. It must be good. Yeah. yeah. God made the crystals, so they should be fine. It's a tool. And that's There's a lot of argument for a lot of things for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, it was definitely a, a time where I was searching to fill a hole mm -hmm. and I, I didn't realize it, but I, you know, hindsight's 2020, but once I started really getting deep into it, you know, this was the beginning of this year, actually. So it would have been January of 2023 that, um, at this point I'm all in like I have I have statues of deities I have thousands of dollars worth of crystals and Wiccan things and my whole room was decorated in it and I was trying to reach out to these different deities and we were going at midnight doing spells on the beach like it it would got it got bad that um, sounds pretty intense yeah yeah it was and and it was really bad now that I see it but in the moment it's it felt so good it yeah. felt like I had hold of something now that was mine you were free i was free to do what i want i didn't have family looming over me and it just it felt so good you know i had control and it was on the way home the first the first god moment we had um was we were on the way home from the beach and uh we ended up coming in that night and i ended up getting a stomach virus mm -hmm. and i for anyone who doesn't know, um, I am a metaphobic, so I have a giant fear of vomiting and I, for years did not know why I had it. There was no traumatic event. There was no, nothing happened to me for me to be like this. And in that moment, when I, when I used to get sick, I would, you know, get sick and I'm like, God, please take this away. Please take this away. Please take this away. 
and then I got sick on this, this stomach bug that I hadn't had since I, you know, came out gay. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I'd gotten like this. And I looked at Becca and I said, I have no God to pray to. I said, none of these deities are going to heal me. I said, none of these crystals are going to work. Mm -hmm. And I had complete doubt. I was like, I knew in that moment, I was like, God's going to be the only person that could heal me. And I was panicking because I was like, why would he listen to me now? I was like, I've done nothing but not acknowledge him. I've completely ignored him. And I'm talking to the, all these other deities. Right. It's like, why would he listen to me? Well, it, then after the stomach virus went away, I picked it right back up and didn't think about it again. And I was getting back into witchcraft. Well, then well, too, when, when you had that moment too, you asked for me to pray for you. I did. And I, I, did, I, because... did, I did pray because I still had that, that clinging of faith mm -hmm. to, to God, but it was a t very tethered line. Like yeah. I still, was like, okay, well I, I can pray to God. And in my mind, I was like, well, she's closer than I am, you know, cause that's how it works. <laughs> I was like, well, I've been doing a lot worse than she is. I was like, so please pray for me. <laughs> You're a better person right now. Could you pray for me, please? And it was that, that acknowledging, acknowledging that though, that mm -hmm. should have been a wake up call and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So then the next, like next few days, Becca ends up coming home or we're driving home and you ended up having nausea. Oh yeah. You were yeah. very nauseous and we thought she was going to get sick and I freaked out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's going to get sick. We're in a car. We're not home. I'm stuck in a car with a girl who's driving who may throw up. <laughs> I was terrified and I was kind of just sitting there panicking and all of a sudden I had this wave hit me in the car and I just felt this ultimate conviction. It came out of nowhere. There was no Christian songs on the radio. We weren't going to church and nothing, nothing happened other than that conviction. And the conviction this time was so strong. It, I couldn't even speak. I was mm -hmm. crying so hard and I was had my head between my legs. I was crying so hard. And in my heart, I, I knew what it was. And I was like, I hadn't felt that feeling in a really long time. I said, you know, I could tell it was just this sweet presence of God mm -hmm. and this terrible conviction. I need to get rid of this stuff. And so I told Becca, I was like, we need to go home. And I had just bought a $200 statue of a Greek God <laughs> the day before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, throw it all away. We have to get it out. And I was excited because I was like, okay. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I ran like, into the house. I was like, do this. I this trash bag, throwing all this stuff and in here. It was so overwhelming that I ended up, I think I just kneeled beside my bed and cried the whole time. Not for the fact that I was, the stuff was leaving the house, mm -hmm. but for thankfulness that it was gone. It was getting, it was leaving. Like relief. Yes. Yeah. It was this ultimate sense of relief. It's, it's, it's over with. It's done. It's almost like a burden. You didn't realize there was this heavy burden laid on top of you because of all the witchcraft and everything. Yeah. And that separation from God. It felt like a dense fog was finally lifted and I could finally feel God again. Mm -hmm. But... But, but then, but then it still didn't take away the fact that I was gay. And I was like, okay, Beck, you know, I, witchcraft is gone. We're going to go to church, but we're still going to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> and so such humans. I know. <laughs> but I was like, I couldn't let go of her at this point. By this time, it was just me and Becca, right? My family and me were not talking hardly at all. Her family, you know, they were, they were more of like, we're just going to pretend it's not there. They were like in denial. So we were just, we we're like, okay, well, it's me and you then. 
that's that's all that's all I had was her. Like right. we were even planning this past May, we were planning on getting married. Yeah, right. like we, wedding dress. We had people lined up. That's we were true. looking for somebody to officiate it. Yeah, everything. By this point, I did have a thousand dollar wedding dress in my closet, an engagement ring on my hand, and I was like, well, she's not going anywhere. And I was like, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get right with God and we're, we're going to be fine. Cause God loves us. He obviously loves me and us enough to, to convict me to get out of witchcraft. Right. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well then we'll be fine. Well, this is probably about a month later yeah. where we're starting to go back to church, but not, we're not really heavy in it. We were going to like beach church. And so it was just kind of like, well, if we get the chance, whatever, we'll go. And then we were kind of sort of reading our Bibles, but it was very surface level. We were just doing the bare minimum. Yeah. And there was a Wednesday afternoon. (laughs) I think that's probably the biggest day was that Wednesday afternoon. We came home from work. We were getting ready to cook dinner. We talked about what we were going to make for dinner on the way home. It was nothing special, no sermon, no pastor, nothing. And we ended up getting up to their third floor apartment. I walk in the door. I set down my backpack and I stopped. And Becca's taking care of the dogs at this point. She's like walking in the living room and feeding them. And I just can't move. And I start crying. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, okay, what just happened? Because everything was fine right. five <laughs> seconds ago. And now all of a sudden she just looks terrified. Right. And I I feel that same presence again, but it's different. Mm-hmm. It was stronger. And I I just started wailing and I started crying. And I was like just in Oh, I was on my hands and knees by this point in the living room. I had made it that far. I couldn't even walk to the couch. And I start crying and I I can feel what's happening. And it was like, you need to talk to Becca. You need to tell Becca what you're hearing from me. And I I can only describe it as just this extreme spiritual experience of God and his holy presence. You just didn't even feel worthy to stand. But he came to me and I was like, God, no, no. And I still was trying to fight it. I was still trying to resist it because I didn't want to tell Becca anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say what I was hearing. I didn't want to say that. And I knew what it was, but eventually it was just this wave again crashed over me and God ended up speaking through me to Becca. And I honestly don't remember all of it. Um, she probably could tell you what he said better <laughs> than I could because I was not there. And so basically what he said to me is, so there, there were some things that Danielle didn't know about me that had happened previous, you know, whenever I was living at home and stuff like that. And we hadn't discussed them. We hadn't talked about them. And those were things he, he was bringing up. So I was like, there's no way she knows that I don't write anything down. I don't have a diary. And he basically was saying that I was there every single time you were crying, you were in pain, you were going through all of those situations. I was there next to you because I'm a stubborn person, a hard headed, very stubborn person. So I feel like he, he felt the need to have to bring up what had happened previously Mm -hmm. for me to be like, okay, this is God. This isn't just her making this up, right? you know, because a lot of people will get that mindset. Well, you know, how do you know it was God? If you were in that living room right. with us, you, you would have, have felt known. it and you would have known right. right away. And basically he was just like, this is, this is not what I've called you. He said, so I had an encounter with a psychic as well. And she was saying that my hand, she kept looking at my hands and she says, you have healing hands. 
And during that, whenever God was speaking through her, he said, I gave you those healing hands. Those are, those are from me. I have given you that gift. Mm. Nobody else claims that from me. Right. And so it just, it kept going on and on through things like that and just different scenarios and just saying, you know, he's loved me. He's been here. I've been, he sent people to me. Right. And I know who those people are. Right. And he was like, this is your last chance. But we needed that foundation in order to like bounce off of. And so we prayed about it. And then God eventually uh, opened up our eyes to the parable that Jesus talks about, um, about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And when we read that, we were like, we are that, we are that son. We are that kid. And mm-hmm. th- so that's why we started the podcast, His Prodigal Daughters. And the podcast is, is, it's not only a way for us to share our testimony, but, you know, to share, you know, what happened and what God did with us. But we want to bridge the gap between the LGBTQ community and the church Mm -hmm. and be able to, you know, walk, walk that line. It's a, it's a fine line between loving somebody and telling them the truth. Right. And I feel that, you know, not that we're super special or anything, but because we've been on both sides of it, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in the church, having that faith and also being in the community, we have an insight to say, this is how it made us feel when we were condemned. And now that we're on the other side, we think we would have an idea of what we should say to them and how to reach those people. So before we get any farther, mm-hmm. how can people find you? We are on Spotify. Okay. Um, the podcast is called His Prodigal Daughters. Um, we are currently trying to get on other platforms like Rumble, and we, we're also on Amazon Music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, hopefully within the next week or two, we'll be on um, Apple iTunes and um, the podcast app and things like that. Because we had that kind of insight, thankfully that God blessed us with this redemption to be able to speak and have a testimony. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to help those that are struggling with what we struggle with, whether that being homosexual, struggling with depression or anxiety, Mm -hmm. struggling with, you know, being transgender or having a, you know, it's different identity, you know, or not being Mm non-binary, all of those things. And that they have a place to come to say, you know, I'm like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, but I, I don't I know. I have a hole this. and I'm just trying to see, see what, what I need to fill it. And, and feel that they were loved and feel and let them know that they're loved and feel like they have a place to come to. Right. And, you know, that's why we started the podcast so that they can listen and that we're also on Facebook and Instagram and that they can message us there. Or, you know, we have an email that you can email us to for testimonies or prayer requests or anything of that nature. But but even yeah. with just the the podcast itself, another thing too that we've talked about previously before is the LGBTQ has such a bad taste for Christians, for mm-hmm. for God, mm-hmm. and they're and and just because of how they've been ridiculed, right, and how they've been condemned, right. And there's a way to do it, and God tells us even in Scripture, you know, whenever He goes and He sits with the people. Um, like the tax collectors. Yeah, the tax collectors and that. He doesn't condemn them. Right. He tells them truth and he shows them love. And that's where I feel like us as Christians, as believers in Yeshua, we need to let that light shine. Mm-hmm. We need to be that resonating light and that salt of the earth, just as Christ was whenever he came here. And we need to be able to bridge that gap and bring people in and just say, I know the feelings, the feelings are hard, right? The feelings are hard to get over, but the feelings are truth, right? What's Mm -hmm. the truth is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that is Yeshua.
And unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. So we are going to go ahead and continue this interview next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as I leave my guests every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. <laughs> Shalom. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Shalom. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, I pray. Amen. May you all have a blessed week and tune in next week. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com. Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much, and remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.